I am so grateful for roads that we wouldn't have chosen because it was a road such as that that led Anna and Ernie here. And from the time that they walked in the doors, seriously, they brought this this spirit of servanthood, this spirit of how can I serve, where can I serve, what can I do to minister to God's people and to show him how much I love him. That was, is, and I'm sure will continue to be um, Ernie's heart. He is, I was praying about um, what to say about you. And number one, I do, I so see the servant heart in you, but as a best friend to your wife, I love the way you lead your home. Thank you. I love the way that you love her. I love that, that you are a priest in your household. Thank you. And, um, that ministers to me on a consistent basis because you can be one thing inside of a church and be something else somewhere else, but I'm in their life. (laughs) I know stuff (laughs) and it's good stuff. And so if you'll extend your hand, we're going to pray for Ernesto. Father God, I thank you so much for my brother. I thank you for the spirit of God on the inside of him. I thank you, Father, for the revelation of Christ that you have given him. Now, Father, I ask that you would cover him, that you would surround him, that your words would flow through him today, Father. Use him, Father. Teach us, Father. May we be pliable as he brings to us the lessons of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay. Am I on? Can you hear me? Okay. Praise God. Thank you, Tammy, for singing that. See, several months ago, uh, I heard this song. And the Lord said, remember that song. I said, okay. And so when I hear that song, what I picture is that we're all in a journey, and it's, in a, it's almost like a river. You know, sometimes that river can be clear, sometimes it can be still, and sometimes it can just be real quiet. And at times, that river can also be rough and it can be muddy and what our symbol or related to that too is sometimes that's our life sometimes through, through this river of life that, that, that we're going through sometimes we'll go through those things that everything is still and everything is clear and we can see everything clearly and there's other times that everything is rough and everything is, is muddy and we can't even see beyond anything see and, and as we were singing this song and i've been meditating on this song for a long time it's as it was saying, you know, building an altar. See, an altar to me is something that, that it's almost like a memorial, that, that it can either be something that is good or something that is bad. It, it depends on what, how you build that altar. You can build an altar that is just made out of all the hurts and pains and scars and unforgiveness and everything that you may have walked through, and you may build that altar that, that, that's a negative altar. Or you can build an altar that, that says, yes, I've gone through those things. But through God, he set me free. He healed me. He delivered me. He restored me. He saved me. See, and the thing is, you know, when, sometimes when we build that negative altar and, and, we're, and we're getting those stones, so many times we can get those stones and we start throwing them at people. We start saying, we grab that stone and we say, you know, it's because of you I'm like this. It's because of you, my, my father, my mother, my situation. And the sad thing is sometimes we even say, because of you, God. Because of you, God. And we throw that stone at him. And we say, God, why did you allow this to happen? Why, if, if you're God, then why did this happen? And so many people do that. See, but we have a choice that, that how to build that altar. 
And see, the thing is, it's real neat to know that it says that with these rough stones, you will lay them before him and he makes them holy. See, whatever we bring to God, whatever wounds, whatever scars, whatever hurts, and we place it in God's hand, God makes something beautiful out of it. He gives you a testimony. It says they came over, overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. See, but God and, and that word holy is this meaning set apart. See, from the very beginning, God's intention was that. When God created man, it was that man would have fellowship with him. See, we can see the story about um, Moses where, where he was in the, the burning bush and, and God told him, remove your sandals where you're standing on holy ground. See, God was doing the work. See, Moses tried to do it his own way for 80 years, 40 in Egypt and then 40 in the mountain trying to hide. See, so see some, sometimes God tells us, okay, bring those stones and place them and let me make something good out of them. But I said, we have a choice. What, come, what kind of altar we're going to build. And the thing is, you know, once you build an altar, you may go by that place again. And the thing is, when you go by that place, I want it to be, I go by that place, I want it, God, it reminds me what God did, the good thing. I don't want to remember all the negative things. I remember, God, you gave me the victory, God. You pulled me through that. And that's what I want that out to be, to be built on, is, is who he is. Now, this next part, <laughs> you know, I had to fight for this a little bit. Because you, you, you're, you're, you're searching and you're going into a place that can sometimes, God brings up some new things uh, in, in, in your story. Well, my story is, believe it or not, I used to be hot-tempered. I, I, I had a really bad hot, I was angry. See, I wasn't a bad person, but the thing was, I was a hurting person and I was a lost person. And the thing is, with, with me, it started, uh, I, I grew up without a father. My father was never in the picture. I was uh, two years old when he left and my older brother was four and my little brother was two weeks old when he left. So, I was hurt, I was mad. And the first time I remember seeing him was in his coffin. I was nine years old. And all I remember about that is I walked up to the coffin and I looked in and there's a lady standing next to me and she tells me, that's your dad. And I looked at her and I said, so what? And I walked away. And I would tell my mom that he would belong to me. See, people would come to me and they would say, you look like your dad. And it was like salt in the wound to me. Because the man I hated the most was when they kept telling me I looked like. So I asked my mom how old I was when I started confessing that I wanted to get even with him. And she said I was eight years old. See, sometimes as you continue to confess, it continue. And see, it was unforgiveness. And it was bitterness. So what I caused it to do, I caused it to harden my heart. And I, I didn't allow many people in my life or, or very, didn't get close into my life. My mom got married to my stepdad. Uh, he was a good man. He was willing to take three boys that were not his own, but he was an alcoholic. So me and Anna, I'd been married to Anna just for a, a, 
month or maybe a little bit over a month, and, and we're in the bad side of town, and we're passing by a motel, and Anna made the comment, she goes, who can stay there? And I looked at her, and I said, I did. And at first, she thought I was joking, and I told her no. I said, that's just one of the motels that I've stayed at. I've stayed in more. Because not only did we at times have to stay at motels, but sometimes we had to stay at my uncle's to get away from the violence. See, that was really one of the first times that I ever shared that with anyone. It was Anna. And, and as I was writing the notes and the story, you know, I, I didn't realize that because I never told anyone what that part of my life. And at first, Anna couldn't believe it. See, my temper was at the point that that uh, my family would run me away from home because my temper was so bad. My family would say that, that they wish I would leave and I would never come back. It would hurt, but I would never let them know it hurt. See, I, I, I didn't like crying. I hated crying because crying to me was a sign of weakness. So even when, when I would hurt, I wouldn't cry and no one would see it. And in fact, even when I got saved and you cry more, I used to complain to God and say, God, you know, I hate to cry. <laughs> you know, and the, and the thing is that, that, see, that's the kind of stones that, 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 that I was building and that I, or, or altar that I was building was, was out of the pain and was out of the hurt and the scars, really not allowing anyone in my life. You know, people would tell my mom to give up on me. See, I'm, I'm not proud of, of, of what I, my anchor, I was one of those that threw stuff, hit walls, kicked doors, screamer, yeller. <laughs> and uh, I remember I said something that, that wasn't very nice and my mom slapped me. And I looked at her and, and I told her never to do that again. And her comment to me was, I'm your mother. And my comment to, uh, to her was, I don't care who you are. Don't ever touch me. See, that was the anger and that was the, 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 the bitterness that was in there. And like I said, I wasn't a bad person. I was just lost and I was hurting. See, the waterfall moments to me is it, when, when God does something in your life that, that, that really no one else can do. Now, he uses people, don't get me wrong, but really in, in, it, it's God placing that person in your life that can either speak words of life over you or can encourage you, can, can help you to walk this walk, whatever it may be. So my moment was, uh, I had just graduated from tech school. I, had moved, I was living out of town and I moved back home. My mom was a Christian. Oh, let me go back. Like I said, People would tell my mom, you know, to give up on me. But she didn't give up on me. And if you're praying for someone, don't give up on them. Hang on to them. And I forgot this part. You know, there were times, you know, because of the hurt, I would see a, I would see a, a pole, I would see a, a tree, and I would see a ditch. And, and, it, and I would think in my mind, if it ended tonight or this day, it'd be okay. I was okay with it. Because I, I kept thinking the pain will stop and I won't have to hurt anymore because the pain will stop. So when I went home and, and my mom was a Christian, 
And she came to me and she told me, Ernie, when are you going to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior? And I told her, Mom, I don't want him. I don't have time for him. I got my whole life ahead of me and he's not in my, he's not in my picture. He's not in picture. So I, uh, I decided to go jogging. And this was uh, 10, 15 minutes, minutes later. It was a drive-by shooting. I was a target. And the thing is that as I stood there, it happened so fast, it was like that quick. See, it hadn't been the first time someone had pulled out a gun on me, but at least I knew it was there. And you do a lot of talking. And if you don't believe in Jesus, you believe in God. (laughs) So you do a lot of praying. (laughs) You know, but this happened so fast, and I heard a voice. And that voice that I heard said, Death has no age. It will take you when you're young and it will take you when you're old. So I went home and, and I told my mom, and you know, so I, I just went to church. I said, I guess, I guess it'd be a good idea to go to church now. <laughs> now I'm not really going to get saved. You know, it was like, uh, I think I'm just going to go. Let's see what's there. And as I'm in church, um, it's a youth service, and the youth service, it, 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 it's, uh, they're talking about the family, and they're talking about God loving you. Well, that's what I always wanted. I wanted a family. I wanted to be a part of something. And then, then to hear that, that, see, I always believed in God. You know, I, I, was, I was a good Catholic. I was an ultra boy and stuff, but I didn't know anything about Jesus. I didn't know you had to go through Jesus to get to God. So they had the altar call, and a man came to me, and, and he said, you want to go to the front? I said, no. He asked me a second time, do you want to go to the front? I said, nope. And guess what? It was going to be strike three. <laughs> and the third time when he asked me, he said, I will go with you. And when he said that, I don't know where he was at, but I know I was at the altar giving my life to Christ. And it's one of the first times that, that I felt like the weight came off my shoulder. I, 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 I can't even describe it. I felt something. I cried again. I, I, did, I, did, I was just, just there, just crying, and I heard the voice again. And that voice said, one day I can use you. Let me make sure I'm, I'm on my, my, the same spot I'm supposed to be at. But see, when, when you... See, that was a waterfall moment to me. See, another waterfall moment, you know, Pastor Barbie asked me last week, well, Anna didn't share about how you guys met. You know, I like to say that, you know, she saw me and I saw her and we said, oh, you're the one. It didn't happen that way. (laughs) She saw me and I saw her and we said, no way. (laughs) That ain't happening. See, I... (laughs) See, I was from one side of the tracks, and she was from the other side of the tracks. You know, we, were, we came from two completely different... I was raised in the Vario, which is more like the ghetto, and she was raised what I thought was upper class. And I was not romantic. I was not affectionate. I was none of those things. 
you know, so when I, see, and, and that was, that, that's, uh, it is a waterfall moment because God was showing me something. Even though I was saying, uh-uh. Because of the fact that I was still scared. You know, so, like I said, I wasn't romantic, so what I did, I went up to Anna, I said, Anna, I said, I don't have time to play games. <laughs> I said, you got to remember, I was not romantic. I was not affectionate. So that's what I said. I said, I don't have time to play games. I'm interested in you, but on one condition, it's me, nobody else. Tell me tomorrow. You know, I like to say that her answer was, you're the one. But it wasn't. She said, I think she said, you're crazy. So she went into her house and had a really good laugh with her brother. <laughs> they did. They laughed. <laughs> she didn't tell me that till afterwards. <laughs> you, know, so I, you know, so she started, I guess she started praying. And um, she would, now don't get me wrong. You know, uh, uh, Anna is attractive, but that's not what attracted me to her, okay? When I saw her sold out to God, that's what attracted me to her. When I saw that, that, that she, wanted, she had her hands to the plow and she was working and whatever she could, could do, whether it was street witnessing and whether it was drama or, or prayer meetings or praise and not, uh, worship night, whatever it was, she was there. And see, that's what attracted me to her. That's when I said, hmm, I like that. So see, she started, I had a dream. And in that dream, everyone was trying to set me up with this girl. And in the dream, I asked this girl, can I hug you? And I hugged her. And I said, you're not the one. And I heard the voice again. He said, go back and ask Anna to marry you. I don't think I asked her yet. Because I think she was still seeking God, I guess. Because <laughs> her thing, you know, like, like Anna shared last week, you know, her time, when she'd get off work, she'd go and, and she'd, she would seek God. Well, she was praying, you know, she told me this afterwards, okay? She was praying, and God told her to turn around, and she saw a vision of me, and her response was like, oh, God, not him. (laughs) That was her response. But then God said, I'm going to change him. See, and, and that was a waterfall moment there. You know, because the thing is, I never told Anna I loved her till we, after we got married. Because I never let anyone in my life. See, we were married about a couple of months, I guess. And we're laying in our living room. And I turned to her and I said, Anna, I'm scared. And she said, scared of what? I said, I'm scared to let you in my life. See, I was making myself Vulnerable. I was making myself like, I'm married now. Now I got to love you. (laughs) But the thing is, I didn't know how. I I, I didn't know how. See, I, I I wasn't a good husband. And I wasn't a good father. See, a waterfall moment is when God placed a man in my life that started to teach me how to love and honor and respect my wife. And then God started to teach me how to be a father. I would lay 
we had an old couch. <laughs> and I would kneel up at, on that couch because I didn't know how to play with cars. I didn't know how to play with my son. You know, for me to get a car and start playing in the floor, I couldn't do it. It was too hard. And again, I'm crying. I'm crying to God and I'm telling him, God, you have to teach me how to be a father because I don't know how to be one. And he did. See, our first 10 years of marriage were not good. Our first 10 years of marriage. So if you're married to someone and you want to give up, don't give up. It's not over. Put, that, put your marriage in God's hands and let God start doing the work. Let God give you, give you a waterfall moment where he will move in your life and, and, and change you like you would think you would never be changed. See, when I told Anna and I, started, and I told her I was scared, see, that was a waterfall moment because, and I told her, I said, I need help. And the thing is that, that see, she could have attacked me. She could say, you know what? I can't believe you're doing this to me. How could you ask me to marry you and now you're telling me you're afraid to let me in your life? See, she had every right to attack me, but she didn't. What she did, she started to pray over me. And as she was praying over me, God showed her a vision. And in that vision, I was kneeling before the Lord and he, repla- he removed the black cape and he replaced it with a white cape. And I stopped crying, and then I started to let Anna in my life a little bit. Because <laughs> you got to know, I, 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 that wasn't me. We didn't hold hands. We, you know, I was never romantic, was I? I I'm better now, <laughs> but I wasn't then. You know, it, it just wasn't, I didn't know how. And, 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 and this is a, a side note, ladies. Sometimes give your husband grace. They may have never had an example of how to be a husband. You know, because really nowadays a whole lot of men aren't taught how to really be men, but be men of God. And the thing is that when you learn to love God, he will teach you how to love your wife or your spouse and your children. Because it's that unconditional kind of love. See, but what God taught me on that was that she didn't judge me. And now we've been married over 30 years. I have the scars to prove it. (laughs) No, no, she's good. She's good. No, in all reality, you you know, Anna is my wife, but really she's my best friend before she's my wife. You know, I love her as a wife, but really she's my best friend. But that was God doing it. It wasn't me. You know, and the one thing that, that Anna did that was good was that she, at first, when we first got saved, she loved to put, her, or got married, she loved to put her finger on my chest. And she would go this, you know, and poke me. And, and I would pray to God. I would say, God, help me. Help me, God. Help me not to hit her. <laughs> because I was raised that way. I was raised that way. I don't mean it as a negative thing, but I was raised that way. If a woman laid hands on you, you knocked her out. So I'm going, God, help me. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> That's what I say. 
You know, but that was a waterfall moment where, where my guard, I let my guard down and I let her in a, in a portion. See, this next part is a little piece because I got to tell you this piece so you'll understand the next piece. See, sometimes when, when, when we want God to do a healing, we may go to a pastor, we may go to, for counseling, but if you've been serving God a long time, you know the Christian answers. See, I was still struggling with issues with my, my, my dad, and so I think it was Anna's idea, because I know it wasn't mine. She said, you need to go see the pastor. I said, okay. So I went. Well, it was the pastor, his wife, and Anna, and me. And he's asking me all the questions, and I am feeling good about myself, because I got all the Christian answers. You know, now I'm feeling good. It's like, because I'm not feeling nothing. It's like, oh, yeah. You know, but he asked me one last question. And in that last question, he said, did you want to kill your dad? And I started crying. I said, yes, he was mine. He belonged to me. See, all that anger that I had, even though he was six feet underground, I couldn't touch him. See, my, my thoughts were never to hurt his feelings. My thoughts were, I wanted him to feel pain. And it wasn't that, ooh, I, I hurt his feelings. No, I wanted it to be pain. So now you'll understand this next part. I, uh, we were going to Texas. And, uh, and my daughter-in-law at that time I said, are you going to visit your father's gravesite? She was talking about my stepdad, my third stepdad, okay? <laughs> because my mom got married again. My father that was an alcoholic died of cirrhosis of the liver. And you know the one regret I have on him is that I never told him that I loved him or cared about him or anything. All he saw was my anger. That's all he saw. And... Um, so, and I thought she was talking about my real dad. And I'm going like, that ain't happening. No way is that going to happen. And I fought God. I did. I fought him. You know, when you think of Jacob fighting the angel, that was me. I was all by myself and I'm fighting. I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And I, I don't even remember who, who was up front and they prayed for me. Because I said, I got to do something that I do not want to do. So we, we went to San Antonio and we drove to San Angelo. It's, it's where I live, or where I'm originally from, San Angelo, Texas. And uh, I didn't know where my father's gravesite was at. You know, I was nine years old. I don't have a clue. But my brother had an idea more or less where the gravesite was at, so... He told me, I'm the only one in the cemetery, you know, I, I'm there, and it's in the morning, and, and I'm walking up and down, looking at the, the, gray, at the, the stones, trying to find him. I walk about an hour, hour and a half, and I can't find it. And I call Anna, and I said, Anna, I said, I can't find the site. And she said, maybe, Ernie, maybe you're not supposed to find it. I said, no, I know I'm supposed to. I know I got to close this chapter of my life and I know it. 
So there was a building across the street and, and you know, where they keep records of where the plots are at. So I drove up there and, and it was locked and it had a phone number and I called that phone number. Uh, it said, call this number. I called that number and no one picked up. So I go back to the cemetery and, and I'm looking again. And then I find it. And it's one of those that, you know, that you, you're glad you found it, but then you're not glad you found it. So I, I had parked the car a distance away, and, and so I, I walked to my car, and I called Anna again. I said, Anna, I found it. So I went back to the, to the, to the graveside, and as I was there, I was list- my first intention, my, well, what I wanted to do first I wanted to kick it, I wanted to hit it, I wanted to spit on it. And I was listening to, uh, I had a headset and I was listening to Casting Crowns. And the song was, I will praise you through the storm. And it was sprinkling. And I'm, I'm the only one in the cemetery and I'm crying. I'm crying and I'm telling God, I can't do this, God. I don't have the strength to do this, God. In all reality, I'm, I'm begging God for strength. See, I'm visiting that graveside 41 years later. I saw him in his, in his coffin at nine, and 41 years later, I'm standing in front of that gravesite. And I'm fighting all these emotions, all the anger, and, and I said, and I'm just crying. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm begging God. I really am. And, for strength, because I couldn't do it. And, but see, that was a waterfall moment because he was allowing all that to come out. And I, as I stood there, I got to find out his middle name, got to find out how old he was before he got killed. And for the first time in my life, and this, this can get a little difficult. I called him dad. For the first time in my life, I said, Dad, I love you. See, those words had never come out of my mouth. But when I said those words, I knew I meant him. And there was a, a, a plastic flower. It was beat up. It was old. I don't know how long it had been there. But I wrote my name on it. And I wrote the date. And you know, where, where you can put flowers in it. And, and I put it next to the, to the stone. And then I called Anna up and I said, Anna, I ha- I'm having trouble leaving. And, and Anna's response to me was, Ernie, stay as long as you have to. So she didn't say, okay, you need to hurry up. It's time. She didn't. So I don't know how long I was there. I think I was there for hours. But it felt good. You know, to... to you know, and, and, and this may be a little corny, but to me, as I was leaving, I went like this. 
and I touched the, the stone. Because I, I, I didn't know when I would ever go back and see it again. See, that was my waterfall moment. You know, my salvation, yes, couldn't, has to start there. Who am I now? Oh, boy. I don't think I have the temper anymore. Well, I don't. <laughs> uh, I don't lose my cool like I used to. I don't go banging on walls and kicking doors or yelling and screaming. But really to me, the, the, the most important thing to me is that people see Christ in me because it's not about me. It never has been about me. Once I got saved, it all became because of him. You know, I want people to be able to see Christ in me and know that I love God because he's everything I got. You know, when, on that drive-by shooting, when I gave my life to Christ and I was kneeling at the altar, I said, God, God I could either have been wounded or dead. You gave me life. Now this life is yours. So I never took it back. I want to read this scripture because this is part of, um, of that, of who I, I guess you want to say who I am now. It's, uh, it's a little long, but it, 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 it's good. Then I'll tell you why. It's in Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out, out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were many, very many in the open field, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord, you know. O, o Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I shall put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with your skin and put breath into you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied and, uh, as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly it rallied. See, I like that. There was a sound. It, it, it wasn't just like, I whispered, no, it was something happened. See, and I believe that, that, that when you come to Christ, something happens in the heavens. I believe that the heavens shake. And that the, I believe that, 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 that the enemy sees that, and I believe the enemy goes like, no, because he lost one, and God got one. See, I don't believe it's something that just happened quietly. I think it's something that, that as you, and, and, when, and, and the next part's gonna be, how do I do to maintain how do, I like to read the word, and when I read the word, that's what I read. When I hear the sound, that there was a sound. It wasn't quiet. It was, there was a sound, and something was happening. There was a shift, and see, that's what, what can happen with us. God does that shift in us, and it's like, he switches you to another gear. So you can be going so also, and it's like, whoa, where are you taking me to now, God. See, but we got to be willing to follow him. See, I'm not going to read the rest of it, but, it, but it's neat because it says that he prophesied and he breathed into him. 
You see, and, and on this, you know, who am I now? I became part of that army that God was raising up because it said after he breathed into him and uh, on the skin and everything came into him, it said it was an exceedingly great army of God. See, he rose up an army and I became part of that army and so are you. See, if you've been at that place where all it is, all you feel is the dry bones and you don't feel the breath of God in you, you can say, God, I want that breath. God, breathe into me, God. Let this dry bone. See, unforgiveness can dry up your bones in the natural. So see, I was, that was me. I was, my bones were dry. My heart was hardened. I couldn't feel anything. And when I did start feeling something, I pushed him away. Did you know, no one ever held me. I didn't let anyone hold me. Even if someone passed away and they would try to hold me, I would tell them, don't touch me. And I would push him away. The first man that hugged me was that man that, that, that I went through deliverance through. And the funny part about that, his wife is telling him, hug him. And he's looking like, I don't know. So they turn to Anna and they say, Anna, will he hit him? him?" And Anna goes, I don't know. (laughs) And guess what? I didn't hit him, but I wanted to. It took everything I had to let him hold me. Because I'd never let a man hold me before. See, now I hug. I'm okay hugging. Man, don't kiss me. (laughs) Joel, don't kiss me. (laughs) But I'm okay with hugging now. I'm still not at the kissing part, okay? (laughs) See, but that's what we became. We became an army of God. Now, to maintain it, I like reading the word, like I said. Praying, fasting, like reading books that, that, that encourage me in how to, how to grow in God. See, now, you have to take safeguards, you know. See, I have a line that I draw because of my anger issues and my past temper. So I draw a line, and when I feel myself crossing that line, I start to back off because I don't want to go there. Have I been there before? Yes. And that's why I take it one step at a time and one day at a time. And that's where we have to take it. We have to take it one step at a time and one day at a time. See, God's still doing a work. God may deliver you and God may set you free, but it doesn't mean you still don't have to keep working at it. Don't place yourself in a compromising position that we can stumble and fall. If you struggle with drugs, don't hang around people that have drug issues. If you have... Anger issues, don't hang around someone that's going to make you mad. Walk away. You know what I do now? I smile at them. <laughs> I do. I do smile. You know, it's like, yeah. And I walk away. Because I'm scared to go there. I really am. I'm scared to go past that line. Because, you know, I've gone past that line and I have threatened to kill someone because I crossed that line. And it's like, oh, God, forgive me. And I start backtracking quick. So, see, I had to draw that line. 
And when I feel myself losing my cool, I start taking steps back because I don't want to cross it. I don't want to go back to the old man and neither do you. When God has gotten those stones and he has made them holy, he has set them apart. You've been set apart. We don't need to go back. Let me finish with this reading here. When I got saved, I used to, and I read this, I read this, you know, and, and this is one I kept in my Bible and all this stuff. And you all have heard it, footprints. You know, it, 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 and it, but it ministered to me. See, and that's what I mean, books that you can read that encourage you. You know, or another thing that I do, sometimes I don't know how to pray. Oh, yeah, come to, please, come, sorry. Sometimes I don't know, how, so I pray in the Spirit, because I don't know how to pray, so, but the Holy Spirit knows how to pray for me. I even have a promise book that sometimes I don't know, but it tells, tells you, if you struggle with anger, then it gives you all the scriptures, I read them. Or if it says, discomforted or discouraged or whatever, I've, I have a book like that, that. It's the Word of God. It's just broken down into a promise book. His promises are yes and amen to us, but we just got to grab them. So let me read this. One night I dreamed a dream. I was walking along the beach with my Lord. Across the dark sky flashed scenes of my life. For each scene I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand. Oh, those that are going to minister, will you please come forward? So once I finish this, they can start. One, one belonging to me and one to my Lord. When the last scene of my life shot before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand. And to my surprise... I noticed that many times along the path of my life, there was only one set of footprints. I realized that it was at the lowest and saddest times of my life. This always bothered me, and I questioned the Lord about my dilemma. Lord, you told me when I decided to follow you, you would walk and talk with me all the way. But I'm aware, but I'm aware that during the most troublesome times of my life, there, are, there is only one set of footprints. I just don't understand why. When I needed you the most, you leave me. He whispered, my precious child, I love you and will never leave you. Never, ever. During your trials and testing, when you saw only one set of footprints, it, it, it was then that I carried you. See, that's what he, he will do with each one of us. When it seems difficult, man, let God carry you. Let him carry you. with anger if you struggle with not feeling a part of that of family you know I, I invite you to come forward and, and if not just why don't we all stand up and just let's just worship God well I said if, if there is a need let God take care of that need thank you
Father, we praise you, God. We thank you, God. And Father, as we go our way, Father God, we just ask, Father God, that you continue to do the work, God, that only you alone can do, God. That, God, that you will encourage us, God. That, God, that you will help us to grow up, God. That, God, that you will help us, Father God, to remember, God, that you will never leave us and you will never forsake us, God. And that, God, that you have a purpose, God, and a destiny for each one of us, God. So, Father, we just thank you, God, for your blessing, Father God, even as we go forth, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all.